0: Last week, looking forward to hearing, uh, I'm looking forward to preaching, I hope and pray you're looking forward to hearing uh, what the Lord has laid upon my heart for uh, the continuation in our message. Now, not necessarily we're continuing the vision, we're finished with the vision month, uh, this is our theme for the rest of the year. We know the legacy living a life that's worth leaving, living a life worth leaving to others. Now, guys, some of us in our life today are in the early stages of building that legacy. Some of us uh, may, may have that shadow still before us, or maybe that shadow is unseen. It's in that midpoint. And then others in our life today, that shadow's behind us. We don't see it, but others do. And we need to understand the life that we are living now is that shadow that's cast onto others in their days, and it's what they are going to follow, and it's how they're going to change, and how they're going to act, and how they're going to react in what they see us do, say, go, and how we act in our life, my friend. So we've seen over uh, the past several weeks, we've seen great examples of how Jesus Christ lived on this earth, what he did, what he said, but we got into this this really and truly, these latter three verses of uh, Matthew chapter eleven, in which everything in my heart and my mind was kind of working to the focal point of last week and yet of today, so in Matthew chapter eleven, looking at it, verses twenty eight through thirty in your Bible's there, again Jesus Christ says, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." He said, "Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my." burden is light. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and time to be here this morning. We simply ask you today to bless your word, bless the preacher and the teacher of thy word, clear our hearts and our minds of every distraction that the devil may bring in, that the flesh is rearing up, and allow us to focus on the precious word of God today and how it will move us and change us to better reflect that legacy that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ left on this earth that we may continue to follow, Father, and be like him. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen and amen. So, beloved, we established in the last week the central characteristic of Jesus Christ on this earth is that he is meek and lowly, and, and which does not mean, as I said last week, that doesn't mean weak and slurpy. We should never uh, mistake meekness for weakness or lowliness for laziness. Uh, But just for a bit of review this morning, for the penitent, we understand that the, the Lord's heart of meek embrace is never outmatched by our sins, by our failures, by our shortcomings, our insecurities, our doubts, our anxieties, whatever they may be. His meekness, His lowliness, His loving embrace will never be outmatched by the actions that we have in our life. Lowly meekness in its very essence is not one way Jesus occasionally acts toward others. Meekness is who he is. It's how he operates. It is his heart, and it is seen in his actions toward others upon the world during his earthly life. Jesus cannot unmeek himself. He cannot unmeek himself toward his own any more than you and I can change our eye color. It is who we are. So we find the meek and lowly in heart, Jesus, simply saying, come. This is what we heard last week. He invites the lost to come, but he also continues that invitation to the saved, the born again. And he says, come, take this yoke. Come, learn of me. Why? Because he is accessible. Jesus Christ calls and he is approachable. Jesus Christ calls and he is accountable to give you and I rest because he is the one who said, come. The heart of Jesus Christ is the epitome of being meek and lowly. Just as a quick reminder, verse 29, out of, out of the 89 chapters that is in the four Gospels depicting Jesus' life on this earth, out of all of those, the only verse where Jesus tells of his heart is verse 29 of Matthew chapter 11. It is this singular verse where Jesus Christ makes it very clear, his central core. And yet he prefaces that verse revealing his very nature in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest. He makes a promise in verse 28. He makes a, an assurance in verse 28. He also makes a, d- a depiction of who he is calling, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. Now here's the caveat. No one needs to unburden themselves to come to Christ. No one needs to collect themselves. It is the very burden that we have today that qualifies us to come and to accept the call, both to be saved And to continue coming and getting in that yoke with him. There is no payment required. Jesus just says, come and I'll give you rest. It is that simple this morning. His rest is a gift, it is not a transaction. Now, but listen carefully to me this morning. Some, if if not most people in this life, Christians included, are vigorously working hard to strong arm their life into some type of peace and some type of rest. Jesus is referring to you when he says all you labor and you know who you are you know you know if this is hitting you dead on between the eyes this morning uh, you're like a horse chasing a carrot continually moving trying new things changing position searching and looking for that peace searching for that rest that you've heard so many others speak of and yet it's eluded you at every turn on the other side of the coin, many in our world today are passively finding themselves weighed down by something completely outside of their own control. Something has happened in your past or something is occurring right now, uh, which, is, which is none of your fault. Jesus says you're heavy laden and you're loaded down, but either way or both, Jesus Christ's desire is for you to find rest. He is not interested in you remaining in a state of disarray. He is not interest, interested in you living in the midst of chaos. He is not interested in you living in, in complete unsettledness. That is not how he works, nor is that where he works with the Holy Spirit. But he's asking you to come to him in the midst of the storm. And he said, you'll find rest. Sure, the winds are going to beat you down. Sure, the rains are going to continue to fall. Sure, the lightning is going to strike, and sure, the thunder is going to clap. But you know what? In the midst of all of those things, he says, you'll find rest. The Christian life is inescapably one of toil and labor. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse 10, Paul says, "But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He said, I labored more than they all. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both the will to do his good pleasure. Now, I mean, people people try to look at that verse and say, uh, you know, what are we trying to do? Are we, we, is it a work salvation? That's got nothing to do with it. It's post-salvation. Once you're saved and born again, Paul says, hey, you're going to have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You're already saved. You're already sealed by the Holy Spirit of God, but there's going to be some work, some labor, some toil, some storms. There's going to be some battles that you're going to face, and you're going to have to keep working through that salvation that you have been given. Colossians chapter 1 verse 29 says, Whereunto I also labor, and according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. That's a word that our, our world today, this generation this morning, is afraid of. And it's called work. It's called labor. All right? You get in, and you get it done. That's all there is to it. Jesus Christ says, I'll give you rest, but you need to get busy working in your life. Quit trying to labor and and work yourself to find peace. God, Jesus Christ, is saying, right here's the peace. Right here's the rest. Right here's the joy. Keep working. You're in the storm. Keep dealing. Keep going through the toil, but I got your rest right here. There is a formula to it that he has. His promise is here in Matthew chapter 11. It's rest for your souls. He never said rest for your bodies. All Christian toil flows from fellowship with the living Christ, whose overshadowing, defining reality is this, meek and lowly. So notice with me now in the same verse where the Lord reveals his nature, his call is followed by a command. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. There's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a question. It's not a request. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Beloved, a yoke is a device meant to carry. That's what it's for yoke is a tool an instrument of burden it is designed for the beast the oxen to pull the plow to drag the cart or to move heavy rubble from one place to another it is an instrument of labor it is a tool of a burden yet notice what the lord said he says in my burden so first of all he says take my yoke right take this instrument of burden, take this instrument of cruelty, take this instrument of of labor, take this instrument here meant to do work. But then he turns right around and says, my burden is light. The command is to take the yoke. That's your job. And it is impossible to carry two yokes. Only one's going to fit. And this life gives us, daily, uh, gives us daily things to carry throughout our 24 hours, within our seven days, and even the 12 months of the year. That's what this life dumps on us. But the reality is that we can only carry, we can only carry the burden of now. You can't carry the burden of tomorrow. Let me tell you something, guys, and, 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 and this, this is just free for you. You can't carry the burden of what if. You can't carry the burden of what's going to happen next week. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this, guys, and this may, be, this may just hit you right square in the eyes, and if it does, it just does. You need to stop carrying the burden of yesteryear, of last week, of last month, of last decade. You need to put that burden down because it's weighing you down and it's making your life miserable. It's robbing your mind of the peace and joy and rest that you want and that you need and that Jesus Christ says, I'll give it to you. But you're not carrying two yokes today. You want rest, you gotta take my yoke. You want peace in your life? You're gonna to have to take my yoke, he says. Why? My burden is light, Slick. That's the command. There's one thing about a yoke. The beast that carries the yoke is marked for life. There's, there's one thing, guys, about that yoke. If you've ever if you've ever looked on a horse, who has been yoked. We had one, we got a rescue, a a percheron one time. He was a massive animal, 1,500 pounds underweight. We nursed him back uh, to solid health. He looked like an elephant walking across the field. He was huge. But we knew that he had carried a yoke. Now, he had striped marks all over his back where they had beaten him senseless to pull that yoke. But that wasn't the mark that bears him for life. The mark of the yoke on a horse, if you ever look at the withers of a horse, especially draft horses who are more commonly going to carry a yoke, and you'll find gray hairs right on the withers. That horse can be black as an ace of spades, but you'll have a handful of gray hairs that grow up on the withers, and they'll grow there forever if that horse has been yoked. You'll know which one, and they're carrying a load for their life. The only way the yoke can be applied to the animal, to the oxen, or to the horse, to carry the load, to serve his purpose, that he had to be broken. He had to be trained. He had to be tamed, if you will. Now, in the old days, when a horse was broken, made ready to serve its purpose, to carry that yoke upon his or her back. Do you know what the word was used? Can anybody tell me what the word was used when a horse had been broken, ready for the purpose to serve and carry that yoke? The statement is, he has been meek." M-E-E-K-E-D, meek. Let that sink in for just a second. Well, you're not going to carry that yoke of Christ until you buy into the heart of Christ, who is meek. And lowly in heart. You see, a wild horse, a wild oxen, they're dangerous. They are a danger to themselves and those around them. But once they are meek, once they are humbled, if you will, they'll serve with grand purpose. And therefore, you must choose, we must choose to carry our own yoke, which is loaded down and heavy laden and burdensome which is burdened us down with the cares of this life, or to obey the command from the call and take his yoke upon us. Peter said this by inspiration, he said, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Beloved, it's his burden. You see, it's his yoke, therefore it's his burden. And, and what the yoke is carrying somehow, some way that when, when you take his, his yoke and put it upon you, that burden carried by the yoke that Jesus is speaking of becomes light. Your yoke is heavy. Your yoke is heavy laden. Your whole yoke is laborious. Your yoke is a burden in this world today. But his yoke It's light. Now, life is not without hardships, I understand. Our rest is given to our souls. It is rooted and grounded in coming to Jesus Christ, but not just for salvation, but to daily take his yoke upon us. Our yoke is heavy. Our yoke is burdensome. Our yoke is weary. And yes, our yoke is painful. Sometimes the pain seems unbearable. And it's meant to to be so. The Lord wants you in his yoke but you can't have both. His yoke is easy. His burden is light to carry, and there's one single reason why it's so. It's because of a kinship. Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 again says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest Unto your souls. What does he say? He says, take my yoke upon you. That's the first step. You got to obey that command. Okay, I want to take that yoke upon me. No, a yoke is upon me. I got it jacked down. Here it is. But then there's a little, little conjunction there. There's a little uh, and he puts there. He says, and learn of me. You see, we, some of us, we got the yoke part down pat. Man, we're trying to carry that yoke, that heavy burden. We're working our way, trying to find rest, trying to find peace. And it's not just the, uh, the saved doing this, guys. It's the lost as well. You can't tell me there's not a lost person in this world today that is not searching for some kind of peace. Why do you think people are strung out on drugs? Why do you think people go down and they call it fun by putting that poison in their body? Amen? They put that poison in their body, they call it fun. All that, the only reason you think it's fun is because it's, it, you're inebriated, number one. It is lessened to remove your inhibitions and in your frontal lobe. Now you think it's fun because you're saying things that you wouldn't normally say. My dad taught me that a drunk man's words is a sober man's thoughts. Anybody who says, oh, I didn't mean to say that, I didn't mean to do that, I was drunk. Yeah, you did. That's what your true nature is. Amen where that came from. That was for somebody in here. But I'm going to tell you right now, guys, people are happy to take that burden. They're happy to take that yoke of Jesus because they say, oh, he said it's easy. He said it's light. Yeah, let me get that yoke. But then the next part of it is, in order for that yoke to benefit you, you've got to learn of him. The Bible tells me in 1 Peter, or 2 Peter chapter 3, and verse 18, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, To Him be glory, now and forever. Amen. If you're living, you should be growing. If you're growing, you must be learning, else you're merely existing, waiting to die. And that's exactly what it is. Beloved, if you're alive, you need to be growing in this world today. You need to to increase in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some of us think we've been saved so long, we don't need to do anything. We think that, hey, we're on cruise control. We're just going to finish out the last few years of our life. We're going to go home to glory, and you'll give an answer for those dead years as well. If you're not actively trying to present Jesus Christ into your community, your neighbors, and your family, you are failing today, and the Lord Jesus Christ will make you stand in judgment for that. You want his yoke? You better learn of him. You want to take that burden that's light? Hey, you better learn of him. We have a kinship with Jesus Christ. We have a kinship with the one who is meek and lowly in heart. And not only did he say, take my yoke upon you, he said, learn of me. Who are we learning of today? Yes, we're learning of the meek and lowly, Jesus, who is also the creator of all things. This is who our kinship is, who commands us to take his yoke upon us opposed to our own yoke, the creator. One of the greatest chapters to see this kinship is Colossians chapter 1. Now, we're going to read the whole chapter this morning, obviously, but I want you to look at a few verses just from the screen. We'll make it easy. First, we see Colossians 1, 10 through 12. This is the very one who says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. This is who's saying that. That you might work worthy of the Lord, that's Jesus Christ, Unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers, watch this, in the inheritance of the inheritance of, this, of the saints in light. We are partakers by and through. Jesus Christ. Read on about him and learn of him this morning. Verse 13 tells us, "'Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, that are visible, invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things are created by him and for him. And here's where it really gets deep. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. I know I've said this a hundred times, but the very pews that you're sat in today are not being held together by nature. Okay? Nature doesn't exist outside of the creator. You know, people say, oh, I'm going to put it out into the universe. That's the stupidest thing you've ever say in your life. The universe ain't doing anything for you. You ain't putting anything anywhere out nowhere. You're going to give it to the Lord Jesus Christ and let him work through you what's good for his will and his good pleasure. Amen? You were sat on a pew today. You had faith enough that that 100-something-year-old pew was going to hold your body this morning. And the only reason it's holding you this morning is because it's consisting in Jesus Christ. Every molecule in all of creation is held together by Jesus Christ, the very one who says take my yoke upon you. The very one who spoke the worlds into existence said, here's my yoke. Take it upon you. My burden's light. I want you to take my yoke because we have a kinship together. This is our kinship. This is whose yoke we are called and commanded to take if you want rest for your souls. I mean, our text verse, if you just think about the words with me, he says, come to me, he says. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, he says. I am meek and lowly, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Do you know why the, his yoke is easy and his burden is light when we take his yoke upon us? It's because he's in there with us. He's in there with us, guys. You want peace in your life? You want the peace that you've been searching for? Well, take his yoke and cast yours off. Take his burden and put yours to the side because he's in there with you, you understand. Our burdens, our yoke, the labor, the heavy ladenness of this life, what we're strong-arming and loaded down with day after day becomes crushing. It becomes drowning. I mean, it becomes suffocating, if you will. It's painful and full of displeasure, yet... It's because we're doing it alone, not his yoke, not his burden. There's a kinship. Beloved, it's all about Christ Jesus. Do you understand that here this morning? It's all about him. You want a light burden? It's all about him. You want to get rid of that yoke you've been dragging around in utter misery in your life? It's all about him this morning. His yoke is easy and his burden is light because it's all about him. He is in the yoke with us. Paul said, uh, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, beloved, Jesus' nature is meek and lowly in heart. He is carrying the load because of the kinship we have with him. He says, come unto me. Get inside this thing with me today and put yours to the side. But There's a great reason, guys, why we can take on board today and carry forth into this week, into this month, into the years of our life. Let me me repeat myself. Our burden is heavy. And yes, our yoke is tough. We work through life seeking peace, desiring rest, looking for joy, and we will never find it if we're carrying our yoke and our burden. All the while, The Lord Jesus Christ astounds each and every one of us and sustains each and every one of us with his endless kindness. Denise had a testimony this morning. She was so thankful that she was able to speak to a young lady, invite her to church and her children. And hopefully, Lord willing, you pray for her. I hope and pray to God she comes tonight. But you know the only reason that door was open? One single reason, listen carefully to me, one single reason that door was open is because that dear lady right there was kind to her. There's no other reason. I understand the movement of the Holy Spirit of God, he's the one to open up the door, he's the one to give the opportunity, but she was kind. The notion of kindness is right here in our passage, and yet we miss it if we don't pay attention. We mistakenly look at the, the word easy and think that it means without great effort or difficulty, which is, to, in today's term, is what easy means. But the word translated there, easy, in verse 30, where my yoke is easy, means to be carefully understood. Uh, the word is Christos, and it's used seven times in the New Testament, and it's translated into words like easy one time, it's translated into better another time, goodness one time, the word good once, and gracious another time, which is far from the modern usage of the word easy, but two times in the New Testament. Watch this. That word is translated into kind. Luke 6, verse 35, but love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is, watch this, kind. There's that same word. That's the same word that Jesus used in Matthew 11, is easy. Unto the thankful and to the evil. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, Paul says, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Same word. Jesus Christ says, take my yoke. My yoke. My yoke is easy my yoke is kind when paul says be ye kind one another same word man same thing be good be better be gracious it's the same thing today my friend jesus is not saying life is free of pain or hardships but consider what jesus christ is saying he's saying a yoke is a heavy crossbar laid on an oxen to force them to drag farming equipment through a field or a cart to a desired location it is a tool of labor It is an instrument of work. It is meant to to, to be utilized of great exertion, of force. Jesus is using really and truly an ironic imagery here, saying the, the yoke laid on his disciples is kind. It's good. It's gracious. It's better. Why? Because it is his and not ours, and he is in the yoke with us. For his yoke is a yoke of kindness today. Beloved, I'm convinced that only as we walk deeper into the tender kindness can we live the Christian life the New Testament calls us to do. Only as we drink down the kindness of the heart of Jesus Christ will we live a legacy as Christ left to this world, living a life worth leaving to others. Everywhere we go, the remnants of the heavenly presence touch in the lives of others in the manner. The Lord's life has touched our own. And one day we'll pass on into the life afterwards. And I hope and pray that we startle the world with the glimpse of divine kindness, too great to be locked down into what we deserve. You know, people will sit into a message like this this morning, they'll hear this today. They'll hear everything that we said, and there is not one thing that I haven't said, that I've said this morning, that could not, would not, and should not benefit every soul listening to it, or every soul in the entire planet, and yet people will still resist that yoke. Resisting such a yoke, resisting a yoke of kindness that the Lord has, is the equivalent to refusing to bear the burden of a life preserver. While it's drowning in the ocean, that's how much sense it makes. Yesterday there was a call; today there is a command to take the yoke of the Lord upon you, to learn of Him as He is carrying the load with us, resulting as his, of his, a result of His kinship rooted and grounded in the yoke of kindness. Today, the psalmist penned it; the inspired words in Psalm fifty-five twenty-two cast. Thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So I ask you this morning, beloved, I don't know where you may be in your heart and your mind. I don't know what burdens you may be carrying. But I can tell you this this morning that if you're trying to carry them alone, they're going to get heavier and heavier and heavier. Maybe this morning you got blinkers on your eyes and you're just afraid to look left or right, right or left. You're you're just afraid to look around. What Responsibility may be called into your days. Maybe that's you. I have no idea, but I do know this. I do know we heard last week about a call, and this week we heard about a command. Jesus Christ says, come. Come, come unto me. Jesus Christ says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. And that's a choice that you get to make today of whether or not to come to him, cast aside your burden, and take upon his with him. Will you bow your heads this morning? Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and time to be together today. We do pray that you please would take your message, write it upon the table of our heart, allow it to make a difference in our days, our, our weeks, our month, our years. Lord, as we continue on throughout this day, let us not be soon forgetful, Father, of the blessing of the yoke of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, not only unto salvation, Father, but that continual yoke that we can get inside alongside Him and that burden be light and that yoke be of kindness, that we can exemplify that in the days that we live today to the honor and glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we ask these things. Amen and amen.